Hi. What up? Hi, welcome to Movie Mavens. Welcome to Movie Mavens. <laughs> I'm I'm one of the hosts, Carson. I'm the other one. I'm Annie. Annie and Carson. Movie Mavens. Back at it again. Back at it again with the reviews. Uh, on this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not get that? We're not going to talk about it, damn thing. All right, sorry. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Because it finally got a wide release. Finally. And The Handmaiden, because we've only been talking about it forever. Yeah. And because it's only been relevant to every single movie we've watched so far. Well, debatable. But before we get into that, um, what did you watch this weekend? What did you do this weekend? What did you watch? Well, I finished season one of Succession. I know I'm a bit behind, but that show is so good. You're only one season behind. But uh, when did season two come out? Like last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, Mm. okay. It does a good job of like you hating everybody, but still wanting to see how things play out. Yeah. The characters are just so well written. They are. And I double featured The Handmaiden with the Lego Batman movie. (laughs) Was it good? Did you like Have you it? seen it? No. This this is the second time. No. I saw that movie twice in theaters. Okay. Because I enjoyed it so much. Okay. And then I this was my third viewing. Wow. And it's been a while and it's still is so good. Okay. 9 out of, 9 out of 10. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> it's just it's a perfect like execution of the medium. It's so funny. Like the humor is so good. Who's in it? Um, Will Arnett is Batman. Oh, I love Will Arnett. Rosario Dawson is, um... Love her. Like, Commissioner Gordon's daughter, who's the new Commissioner Gordon, essentially. Ray Fiennes is... Love him. Is, uh, Butler Boy. What's his name? <laughs> Robin? No. Oh, oh, uh, Michael Caine? Michael Caine, yeah. <laughs> Ray Fiennes is Michael Caine. <laughs> what? What is the guy's name? Oh my god, it's on the tip of my brain. Alfred. His name is Alfred. Alfred. Yeah. Um, Michael Caine. (laughs) Ray Fiennes is Michael Caine. Um, What did you watch? I watched... Let me see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, I watched three movies. I watched... No, on Saturday. So, on Saturday, I watched two movies. And then yesterday, I watched The Handmaiden. So, on Saturday, I watched... He's just not that into you. Do you know what? I'm yeah. Saying? What what movie is that again? I've seen that. It, um, it's got like Jen Aniston, Ben Affleck, Justin no. Long is in it. Yes, I know I've seen that movie, but I don't remember it at all. I, I watched it like whatever it came out, whatever year that was, like yeah. 2010 or something, and I didn't really like it. But I I always thought it was just because like I had never been in a relationship. I was like 16 or something when it came out. So now that you have been. So, yeah. So now that I watched it, it's just, like, dated. Like yeah, because it it's old. It, yeah, but it's just, like, <clears throat> I don't know, gender roles and, like, patriarchy. Is it dated today or would it have been dated in 2010, you're saying? 
No, it's dated today. Yeah. Like, it's just like, when do I call him? Oh my gosh, should I wait? Like, why hasn't he called me? It's just like, fucking, you know what, girlfriend? You don't need him. They didn't know, Carson. I know. But they didn't like, know. But like, if that movie was made in 2020, it would just be like, fuck that guy, let's go out for brunch. Like, that would be the entire movie. But in 2000... Roll credits. It's just, like, agonizing over, oh, my God, this guy doesn't like me. And it's just so... Yeah. It's very... It's just dated. Well, let's do it. Quand vous êtes embarrassé, vous mordez vos lèvres. Vraiment. Quand vous êtes troublé, vous respirez par la bouche. Annie, hit me with some facts. Listen, okay, Portrait of Lady on Fire was directed by Celine Schiama, something like that. I don't know how to say her last name. The budget was $4.3 million, so very low. And it has made $9 million worldwide so far. Worldwide, yeah. In the U.S., it's only made $3 million. Yeah, because they wouldn't release it for yeah. like months. This movie just came out. Like, last weekend. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. It's been out for months and yeah. months. I've been wanting to watch it since I watched Parasite, and I saw yeah. this trailer at Parasite. Yeah. And maybe that long wait burned the movie for me. What does it have on Rotten Toms? Rotten Tom? Yeah. I do love me some Rotten Tom. Oh, yeah. I'm going to guess 98. I'm going to guess 95. Ooh, oh, it's 98. <laughs> what is it about? Can you read us the thing? Here's the description. France, 1770. Marianne, a painter, is commissioned to do a wedding portrait of Heloise, a young woman who has just left the convent. Heloise is a reluctant bride-to-be, and Marianne must paint her without her knowing. She observes her by day to paint her secretly. Wow, that sounds like there's going to be a lot more to it, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm like, comma? But. No. That's that's my problem with the movie. Where's the but? Yeah. Um, also, that description is, like, not fair. That's, like, <laughs> the first 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and I was really excited about that conflict, having seen the trailers of, like, yeah. she's got a painter. But she can't be found out. Yeah. And then she's found out. I mean, for the purpose of the movie, like, spoiler alert, this movie is actually a love story. Yeah. I th- <laughs> um, I, I got that vibe from the trailer. But, so my, my issue mm-hmm. with the description, the trailer, everything, is that Marianne gained Heloise's trust so quickly like yeah. way too quickly for it's almost my like she cut her arm off and then they... 
girl back. And then they plot together. And she did gain her trust back so quickly. Zero yeah. to 100 style. Literally, yeah. If you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. I just want to start by saying mm-hmm. this movie is, it is the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. Whoa. I, wow, okay. Like, cinematography-wise, or what are you referring to? Yes, and also, like, they were by the water, they were on the beach, like, the house was beautiful. Like, the scenery certainly helped it be beautiful. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then when the three of them popped up from the grass, I'm sorry. Love that little moment. That was, like, my favorite shot. Um, I, and I usually have a problem with really tight shots, Mm -hmm. but... In the, like it just worked here. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get tired of it. No. And what I loved about the movies like cinematography is like once we're in Marianne's headspace of a painter, mm-hmm. now I am like looking at everyone like a painter. Like she's talking about certain parts of oh, yeah. people's bodies and then we cut to those people and I'm like really I'm like, wow, I've never looked at somebody's throat this like it, with this much intensity. Yeah, and when she said when she's like describing the ear hole. Yeah. She's like the 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 fleshy bit is mm-hmm. like almost translucent and then yeah. once you get into the hole it gets darker and I'm like, "Oh shit, it does." <laughs> Carson's never seen an ear before. <laughs> no, but it's just like I've never heard that description before. Yeah. So it was really incredible. I also but- really liked how like we saw her painting and drawing and it wasn't even like a wide shot where we like saw you know the whole yeah we never see her do it yeah it's like a close-up of it happening yeah but like i like like it just worked for me it did but all that to say like the cinematography really lent itself to getting in the mind of marianne like the mind of a painter i Mm -hmm. thought because now i'm paying so much attention especially when she's like following um heloise and is like she only gets to see her eyes one day because of the scarf. And so now mm-hmm. I'm like looking at every hair in her eyebrow and looking at like yes. her iris or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. They got me. They got me too. But they didn't get all of me. No, me neither. What are your problem problems with this movie? First of all, I thought that like it all happened very quickly. Like yes. these, these two women knew each other for like a matter of days. It being that they they like fell in love and yeah. were lovers. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I know that it can happen, but I, I just wasn't convinced. It felt yeah. very forced to me. I can't. First of all, I don't know why the fact that she's only there six days came as such a surprise to me because. I thought paintings like that took months. Months? Me too. Oh my god, me too. (laughs) Yeah. But because of the six-day thing, the the love between them also felt very unrealistic. Yeah. Because that movie felt like it had been months. Yeah. And it hadn't, and that sort of broke things for me because of how quickly their relationship moved. Especially considering, like, that they are two women, and certainly... I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that, like, this behavior and these, like, urges to be with a woman, like, you just didn't act on that. In the 1700s. In in 1770 France. I didn't, like, see the wheels turning in in, um, Eloise's mind ever. I I never saw her falling in love with Marianne. Yeah, me either. Which would have 
made, which would have made more sense when they got together, because it just felt like, it just felt like Eloise was just a force, just a person. Yeah. And then Marianne betrays her. By, she, so Eloise doesn't want the painting to, or she doesn't want her portrait made, because she doesn't want to marry the person who they're going to send the portrait to, yeah. to, like, prove that she's actually beautiful. Is right. it, but I do find that really interesting, though, that, like, that's how you had to have an arranged marriage. Yeah. Like, you had to send away your portrait. <laughs> you had to hire somebody to come out to your island. Yeah. To paint a picture of you and convince some other man that you're pretty, basically. Right. So, but um, Eloise did not want to get married. And her... There's some backstory. Her sister was in the same boat she was. And with her the sister, same man. With the same man. Yeah. And her sister jumped off the cliffs of the island to kill herself. And so they're really, everyone's really worried about Eloise doing the same thing. Yeah. So they hire Marianne to walk, take walks with her, but it's really so that she can do this painting in secret because Eloise doesn't want to be painted. She refuses yeah. to pose. That's like the... That's the deal. I don't understand how, like, Marianne was like, yeah, here's this painting. Um, And then she, like, got upset with herself and ruined the painting. And then all of a sudden, Eloise was like, okay, I'll pose for you. It's like, where, wait, like. Because we don't see the wheels turning. Yeah, We don't see the minds being changed. Yeah. And there wasn't even an apology in between that. Like. If I had known Heloise had felt for Marianne, Marianne, then that would have made sense. Yeah. But you know what? I I think there is something to be said about... So it was Marianne, Heloise, and um, the maid, or like the handmaiden or whatever, Sophie. Yes. It was the three of them in this... For the entire second act. Yeah. In this like giant mansion on this secluded island and that I felt like was very empowering like these three women just fucking hanging out and like being themselves and playing cards cooking dinners yes going going out yes going for walks like not wearing their stupid corsets and stuff Mm -hmm. and and like and then okay um trigger warning we're gonna be talking about abortion Sophie finds out that um, she's pregnant because um, she hasn't had her period. Which, by the way, when that happened, I was like, by whom? Yeah, because there's no... We learn later there are people on that island, but (laughs) we had not seen a single soul for like 45 minutes. I'm like, who did this to you? (laughs) Yeah, um, so she finds out that she's pregnant and then the three of them go through like these old wives tales about how to unimpregnate her mm-hmm. and so like she they're looking for like dandelion weed so that they can make her a stew and um she like hangs from some rafters yeah she hangs from a rafter that was really funny <laughs> um and then and that doesn't work yeah obviously not yeah um and then they go to this bonfire with these other like <gasps> ladies wait was she- she was running, like, back and forth on the beach. Mm-hmm. And then the dandelion stew thing. And then continue. And then the rafters thing. And then um, she went and saw this, like, what I can only assume was some sort of witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I 
think she was just a woman, Carson. No, she was into like. No, she just she just knew. No, she was I'm like ta- the... no, no, no. I'm talking about at the bonfire. Oh, are you? Oh, are you talking about the old lady though that performs the abortion? No. <laughs> Who? Just there's a witch in there. Well, I... or a series of witches. Yeah, I think. They were into some witchy shit. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Carson. Why were they? Why were they out in the middle of the night singing this terrifying song, standing around a fire, women only? The year is seventeen seventy. Okay, I'm pretty sure France is like about to be in a freaking revolution. Yeah. Okay. Write us in moviemavenspodcast.com. <laughs> I don't know history, and when they gathered and they started singing, I was thinking of. Uh, Eloise talking about how she's never heard music. So I'm like, these these women, this is all they have, entertainment-wise. Oh, see, I was thinking they were going to, like, put a spell on Sophie to abort the baby. I thought it was just their their weekly women hangs. Okay. That's how I read it, but I don't know. They could be witches. Uh, anyway. Wait. Go on. In that scene, something crazy happens. Yeah. Let me, oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I loved that scene. That music was so good. Mm-hmm. And when that, from that scene on, I started liking the movie more mm. because I was like, whoa, maybe I just needed music the whole time. I don't know what it was, but the pace just like took off for a brief moment after that. But during that scene, uh, Mariana is like staring at uh, Heloise across the fire and you're like, maybe they're falling in love. And then Heloise takes some steps around the fire, and then her dress is on fire, and she doesn't do anything about it. And then people rush over, and she, like, falls over. So my question is, do you think that was intentional? What, falling over? Getting the on fire? fire. Um, no. See, I, I don't, I don't, I cannot say for sure that anything in that movie was intentional, oh. except for the abortion. Oh my god. The reason... Well, I, for, the reason I think it might be intentional is because she, like, looks down at the fire and then just, like, very casually looks back up at Marion, like, mm. this is me. And then people rush over and then she falls over. And they didn't discuss it. I didn't, I just didn't understand that moment. They really had to put that lady on fire, right? Yeah. Really it, I mean, she had to, like, paint the portrait of her on fire. Duh. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, so, so then, um, Sophie has an abortion, which it was like a really traumatizing scene for me. Because the baby? Oh yeah. There My was, a, there was like an infant right next to Sophie's head. Like, and we had a shot like above Sophie where we were just looking at her face and there was an infant literally like right next to her face. And they're holding the infant? Like, grabs her finger. Yeah. While the abortion is happening. And I'm like, can someone get this baby out the room? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was really... I mean, that was traumatizing for a lot of different reasons, I think. But it also was, like, very empowering to know that, like... Like, these women were supporting each other. Yes, I agree that that's empowering. But I think that 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 moment, like, had nothing to do with the story. And it felt like the second act was, like, all about Sophie for some reason. Which is fine, because I really liked Sophie, and I really liked them hanging out with each other. But, like, me being a fan of really structured movies, I was not digging it. Okay, but let's say we took out that whole arc 
about Sophie, then then like what would you replace it with? Some conflict, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, yeah, some conflict. There for a while just wasn't any conflict. Yeah. See, I'm gonna say that like the whole storyline with Sophie was it was to show the two of them hanging out and also a little bit of conflict resolution. This movie felt like a novel. Where it's like, this happened, and then this happened. This happened, and then this happened. The end. Yeah, it did kind of feel like a novel. I really liked the sound of this movie also. Yeah. I liked hearing everybody's footsteps. And And those wet kisses. Oh. We haven't even got into the sex, you guys. Yeah, okay. So let's just, let's dive right in. (laughs) I am a person where... Just sex on screen, like, unless it's porn, I'm just, it's, no thank you. It's not intriguing. Yeah, I'm not into sex scenes either. Mm-mm. Especially gratuitous ones. Yeah, that, like, they lasted a little bit too long. And I maybe it's because, like, everyone watching knows exactly what's going down, and yeah. I just don't need to see it played out yeah. in extreme close-up. It doesn't make me go, aw. No. It doesn't make me be like, oh my god, they're together. To be fair, they, like, the scenes were incredibly beautiful. Like, just in terms of, like, the lighting and the whole film was just really, really beautiful. It was well done. Yes. Super well done. Um, and not, like, super nasty either. Like, it definitely wasn't nasty. Like, I thought it was really tasteful, but at the same time, like, and just, you can't, you can't put a sex scene in front of me and, like, and me enjoy it or want to, like, rewind it. You know, I'm just not, I don't know, it's boring to me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of a sex scene that does work for me. In, like, past movies, but I'm coming up blank. I mean, obviously the pool scene in Showgirls. I haven't seen Showgirls. Oh my god, no, that was really... Was that a bad joke? (laughs) Yeah. okay. That was a joke. Write in if you've ever seen the pool scene in Showgirls. Annie doesn't get that That also is really gratuitous. Okay, so aside from the Showgirls scene... (laughs) Okay, for me, here's what it is. Sex on screen does not portray love. Right, right, and that's what I mean when I yeah. say, like, it doesn't make me go aww or yeah. whatever. Like, it doesn't make me excited for the characters falling in love, because it doesn't. It's just, like, physical bodies yeah, smacking together yeah. on screen. I don't need it. And that knocks this movie down a lot for me, because it's got a lot of it. Yeah. I guess not a lot, but it, it's a main component. Enough. Yeah. It, has an- <laughs> it, has an- it has more than enough. <laughs> you know what, though? I really want to hear... Your opinion, listener. I know because a lot of my friends love this movie. And I want to hear... I want to hear why. Yeah, I do too. I I also want to hear, like, just basic opinions on sex on screen. Yeah, me too. Write in. Yeah. Tweet it. Email it. Okay. Um, so... Anyway, bonfire scene. Yeah, lit as fuck. There's this really great moment where, like, Marianne grabs 
Heloise, and then we cut, and she grabs her, like, on the beach, and she's, like, helping her down some rocks. Yeah, oh, yeah. When that happened, I'm like, ooh, are we moving fast now, movie? And the movie started to move a little fast, and then it slowed back down to a screeching halt at- <laughs> shortly thereafter. <laughs> uh, but... I didn't mind the pacing, because I was, like, thoroughly enjoying myself. I think I minded it because the trailer conflict... Everything that played out in the trailer took, like, a whole ass hour. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's get to the what's next. And then it never came because what's next was a hangout movie. (laughs) (laughs) There's, like, the the conflict of will she figure out that Marianne's painting her. Yeah. And then it's let's hang out. And then it's Sophie has an abortion. And then it's Sophie has an abortion. And And then it's let's say goodbye. Yeah. And the let's say goodbye part of the movie... I personally really liked. So let's talk about the apparition that Marianne kept seeing. Yes. Of Eloise in her wedding dress. So Marianne goes to her room and every couple of nights, a like ghostly appearance of Heloise appears behind her wearing a wedding dress and she's like glowing in a pitch black room for context. What did you think? I, that did not work for me. Why not? Because... It had no context. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we seeing an apparition of Heloise when Marion opened the door and, like, there she actually was? It's not like she was dead or something and she was seeing a ghost. I kept... I was into it because I was saying to myself, like, okay, this is going to culminate to something. No. And I'm going to understand it. And then later, towards the end of the movie, she walks in and Heloise is wearing her wedding dress with her mother. And I'm like, is this what you were culminating to? Because that was a lot. Wasn't it? Wasn't uh, it was a lot of build for not much payoff. Yeah. So yeah, I would say it didn't work for me. But when it first happened, I was very excited because I was like, where is this going? Yeah, me too. Didn't go anywhere. Hmm. Nowhere. I really loved the plant and the payoffs. I love when things are satisfying, Carson. You know this. So, for example, <laughs> the orchestra. Yes, the orchestra. Oh, you loved it. I loved it. Another example, the uh, story, the, sh- the I don't even know what story this is, but it involves Hades. Oh, yeah. That they're all reading when it's the friends hang out section of the movie. Yeah. Uh, they're reading a story, and then when Marianne says goodbye to Heloise, Heloise references the story by saying, like, turn around, because that happened in the story. Yeah. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then again, we see it in the art gallery. Mm-hmm. And then Marion's like, I think they're saying goodbye. That was aw- that was super sweet. And then the uh, drawing Marianne drew on this is my favorite one, by the way. Yeah. Marianne drew a drawing on in Eloise's book on page like twenty eight or whatever. Yeah. And then when at the very end of the movie, Marianne is in an art gallery and she's like, I saw her one more time after they said goodbye, and she sees another portrait of Heloise with like her daughter or son. And she's all sad. And then in the portrait, Heloise is holding a book. And she's, like, holding it open slightly. And you can see that the page number is 28, the page that the drawing is on. That was so beautiful. By the way, it was a nude portrait. Self-portrait. Nude self-portrait. Those are the facts. On page 28. Page 28. Um, My favorite was the orchestra. Did you like how long we heard it? Like, how long that shot was? Yes. It was so good because I wanted so badly for Marianne to be like, hey, like wave. Or actually, you know what I wanted? 
was that shot of Heloise just crying at the end was so long that I was almost expecting Marianne to like enter the shot. Like that the shot was so long and that it took Marianne the time to get Mm. across the Mm. opera house and like into into Mm. Heloise's area. Mm. 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 Carson. Yeah. What would you give portrait of a lady on fire out of 10? That's hard. You know what? I will. I'll say I'll watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, because it it genuinely is like sincerely the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. Um, obvious for reasons that I've already said, I was bored, frankly. But because of all of that, all of these things, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Okay, this is a movie for me. Where I feel pressured to give it a higher number because everyone else loves it. and Don't feel pressure. And also, because of that extended period between it coming out yeah. and it coming out for real, there was so much hype that I was like expecting a masterpiece. And I felt I didn't get that. And for those reasons, I give it a 7 out of 10. <gasps> Look at us! Look oh at gosh. us! But, to be honest, I'm, I'll bet you... In two years, looking back on this film, I would say it's like a 5 out of 10. Because I don't think I'm going to think about it ever again. I'm going to watch it again. For sure. I'm going to listen to that track again. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) That moment gave me the chills. Okay, should we get into the next movie? Okay, do you want to get into The Handmaiden? Yeah, hit me with some facts, Annie. Okay, The Handmaiden was directed by Park Chan-wook. It has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a budget of about $9 million. Wow, pretty low. I thought that'd be higher. Yeah. And a box office of $37 mil. I saw this movie at the Guild. Wow. Then I watched it with Gus the second time, and then this time was my third Three times for three betrayals. We're going to spoil this movie. Uh, It's got a lot of twists and turns, so if you're interested, maybe watch it first. Carson, what did you think of The Handmaiden? You know... (laughs) You're a huge fan of Old Boy, right? Yeah. Yeah, same director. Huge fan. And I got a lot of Old Boy vibes. Yeah? Like, a lot of vibes. This movie did not land for me as hard as I thought it would. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I enjoyed it. Um, As we said with Portrait, there was a lot of gratuitous sex. Yeah. Like, a lot. Like, like too too much. Yeah, it was too much. It was a thousand times too much. Yeah. Um, To the point where I was, like, almost uncomfortable. (laughs) I think, though, I think everything in this movie is over the top. Mm. So when the sex is over the top, it makes a little more sense in my brain. But it still... It just goes on for way too long. Yeah. Every time it's there, it's too long. This movie was just very... It was really easy to watch. Mm -hmm. It was really easily digestible. It was very easy to follow. I, I liked it. I mean, I had a good time watching it, definitely. Do you see the comparison to the perfection? Yes. Did you like the twists? N- like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I love the twists. I just love that 
you think you know the movie. And this movie says, no, you don't. And then you think you know it again. And then this movie's like, you still don't. You don't know this movie. Like, it just takes advantage of, like, the watching experience and the medium of being a movie. Wait, have you seen, have you seen Old Boy? I haven't. See, okay, but Old Boy does this too, but, like, with an, uh, way less sex. <laughs> You're like, cut the sex and you have old boy. Well, I mean, you get three twists in old boy. Oh, I see. And I, I heard that this movie is like better than old boy, though. That's what everyone seems to say. It's just newer, I think. Like, yeah, maybe it's that thing of people seeing it more recently. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love the music in this movie. Let me just get that out of the way. Yeah, I like the... It was really pretty. Really great acting on all three of the main characters' part. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Honestly, it just, like, kind of felt flat for me. Just because of the sex? I, no, just because, like, I th- I felt like it was, like, 45 minutes too long, first of all. It's a long movie. Yeah. I think that the first couple times I saw this, I thought it was the perfect length, and this time I felt the length a lot more. But that's probably because I knew where it was going. Mm. It's a lot less fun to watch when you know where the twists are headed. But this this movie is, like, why I love movies, because this story can only be told in a movie because it tricks you into thinking you know something and then it's not what you know because like a book could never do that yeah because as soon as the words on the page mean something you know what okay but let me just say this like whenever the first twist happens and whenever suki gets um put into the institution Mm -hmm. and they put her under the name yeah, Lady Hideko. Mm-hmm. Whenever they put her under that name and they're like, she she still thinks she's a Korean handmaid, blah, blah, blah. That line, it was almost like I was being spoon-fed, like, the next twist. You know what I mean? Like, like that couldn't have been the end of that storyline. Why does them saying she thinks she's still a Korean handmaiden reveal the twist? Because, well, they're calling her... The late, like, Lady Hideko. That was the plan. No, the plan was to put Lady Hideko in... It was the original plan between the guy and Suki, Suki to con Lady Hideko to get her in there. But they they put Suki in there instead, and it was just like, wait a second. What we thought the plan was, was to put Lady Hideko in. Yeah. But before Suki even stepped foot on that property... The male main character, Kozuki, I think, mm-hmm. he met Lady Hideko, and he realized she's way smarter than he ever thought she was, mm-hmm. so then they devised the plan. So before Suki even showed up, the plan was to put Suki in the mental institute. Yeah, but that so, wasn't that we didn't, we were not privy to that. We, but the, but we uh, told that, we, they told us that after the twist was revealed. Well, duh, because that's the twist, but like before that... We had like right. we weren't privy to that information, so it was like we got the twist, yeah, and then it was like, oh, okay, so they've lied to me, so I can no longer trust these people. So there's going to be another lie. It's like I'm gonna like. It was like expect the unexpected, and it felt kind of spoon fed to me. You just want you just want ambiguity, and you want no answers. And you want to not understand. Carson hates understanding things. That's not true. <laughs> that is not true. 
Um, you know, but it did come together really nicely. It, I mean, to me, he's spinning like a beautiful yarn. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. Like, if I, you understood something, it's because he wants you to. That's how it feels to me. Mm. Yeah, that was something that um, I felt like we didn't dive deep enough into was like the whole library book thing. Um, and, like, the readings that she was doing and stuff like that. Like, I I would have liked more of that. Like, I know that we saw her, like, being trained to do it and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, but at that point, see, okay, here, here, here's where it kind of fell apart for me was mm-hmm. we get the, um, we get the scene where Suki is being called Lady Hideko and she's being taken into the mental, mental institution. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after that, we see... Young girl. Yeah, young Lady Hideko. And I was like, wait a second. Like, is that actually Suki? Or is it actually Lady Hideko? Like, I was really confused because it it was like a little girl. So I I was like, wait. Is she really Lady Hideko? And they, like, tricked her in some way? So you were were in the movie's mind. You were, like, on the side of, like, she was fooled. Well, but I, see, but Hmm. I was looking for the next trick. I see, which, yeah. Okay. I didn't get that at all, but I it's hard for me to say because I've seen it yeah. thrice now. Why did you want more book Well, because moments? we, like, didn't, we didn't get to why she was doing these readings until, like, an hour and a half in. And it was, and it's like, oh, yeah, she does, like, these sex readings. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the uncle auctions off these books mm-hmm. that presumably he writes. He's, he, um, these are like literature that is already made and he's, um, making copies of them mm. and selling them as the original because he doesn't he, want to part with them. Yeah. And I that's see. why, that's why Kazuki comes in so he could, um, yes. make versions of the drawings but it did take a while to get there yeah i liked the mystery of that personally because i at first it's just set up as a weird relationship yeah with with lady hideko and her um uncle i like the mystery of it at first but it does take a while (laughs) but like i said though like i had a good time watching it it was fun i enjoyed myself but it wasn't like it was definitely not as deep or as thought-provoking as I thought it was going to be. And that may mm. just be because of, like, all of the smut and, like, all of the gratuitous sex. Yeah, that and I think the story is more of a gotcha story versus a thought-provoking story. Definitely. But I, you know me, I love a gotcha story. I yeah, boy, do I know it. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> As I put it, this movie is a portrait of a lady on fire with a story. <gasps> <laughs> I think this movie has a big problem that I'm still grappling with. Okay. This The theme of this movie that I see is that men are terrible. That's the theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it shows the male gaze. Oh my God. And it condemns it. Uh, yeah. It condemns it. But at the same time, mm-hmm. at the same time, it's it seems to be full of it. 
yes, I did feel the male gaze. Um, like, first, the first time I noticed it was when she was in the bath. The thimble. Yeah. Okay. But- yeah. Like, yeah. excuse me? That was... Even the, even the, like, the shot of Suki looking at her boobs, mm-hmm. like, while she's in the bath, it's like, I did not, I didn't need that shot. I didn't ask for this. I didn't. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, I understood what she's looking at when her eyes go from eyes to down. It's yeah. It's like, understood. Got and then it. it's like, all right, next shot. Yeah. What could she be looking at? It's like, oh, we know. Yeah. It's, um, it's gratuitous. It is gratuitous. However... <laughs> I was reading some reviews on this movie, mm-hmm. and there's a funny split, and I, I find it hilarious, and because, and I'm not saying the other side is wrong, I just think the other side is such a funny theory, but when this movie came out, a lot of the women were like, yeah, I'm totally fine with those sex scenes, and a lot, a lot of the men were like, these sex scenes are perverted and gross, <laughs> And almost like a you've played yourself, men, because you <laughs> male gazed the scenes. Yeah. Which is so funny. But I don't know. I see the male gaze in this movie. I read this really funny review that was like, you knew this ma- movie had a male director when they started scissoring. Bro, <laughs> that part. I, I literally like had to, I wouldn't say I covered my eyes, but I definitely like lowered my head and just like, why? I, why? And I wasn't even watching it with, like, it was just me. Yeah. And I was, like, not embarrassed, but just, like. Uncomfortable. And not even uncomfortable. Just, like, why? Just completely, I just was not understanding it at all. Yeah. It's over the top. I think the whole movie is over the top. Oh, for sure. So at least it doesn't, like, come at you. As a surprise. Again. Um, I also didn't understand really like the significance of the cherry tree. Um, and that like the the uncle said that when the aunt killed herself, um, by hanging herself in the cherry tree, that the cherry tree um like took her spirit. So the aunt didn't hang herself. It, right. And yeah. So the yeah. uncle didn't want to lose his precious cherry tree. For some suspicion that isn't even valid. Or superstition that isn't valid. I see. That he, only he knows, because he killed her. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Were the blackouts ever explained? No. What, did it have to do something with the readings? No. No, it wasn't explained. (gasps) But, uh... Like, think about the, think about the crazy CGI sunset when when they're on the boat mm. at the very end. Yeah. That is so far from reality that it makes everything else make a little more sense to me. Because <laughs> this movie is a whole other world. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's like, um, it, it, to me, it's like Kubrick-level detail, but not Kubrick-level execution. I like this movie a lot more than any Kubrick movie. Okay. Well... Movie Mavens is canceled. <laughs> really? No. I'm <laughs> just kidding. We just got on iTunes. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, we're on iTunes. Rate us and reveal us. Hey, from iTunes. If you're listening to this, it's uh, probably on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
really like this movie because it's like a movie movie. Yeah. And I think the downfall for me of this movie is the gratuitous male gazy sex. Mm-hmm. It tries so hard to make the point about male gaze being terrible, but I think it still suffers from it. Yes. And maybe it is smart enough that if you follow that, it's it's like, gotcha. You've played yourself meme. But yeah. I don't know. Just the scissoring is like, that's that's what does it for me. Honestly, yeah. I give this movie a 9 out of 10. That's generous. If it weren't for the gratuitous sex, yeah. the story would be, you know? Yeah. I, and I, I see why you like it. I definitely do. But, um... It's like a heist movie. It's a crime. It's like a yeah. it's a con movie. Exactly. I love a con. It, I know you do. Back to my genre, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I I will watch this again for sure. Um, just to pick up on the little things that I missed out mm-hmm. and didn't fully understand. And it's fun to know the twist before to understand oh, absolutely. everything that's planted. Yeah, no, I love that. Um but, uh, yeah, for me, it just, it didn't land, um, as much as it landed for you. Maybe it's because we never see them fall in love, we only see them have sex. And also, like, nothing is really up for interpretation. Like, every, everything that we're like, huh? I mean, in terms of, like, big picture things, like, is given to us. <laughs> And you like that, and I, like, am not a... Like, I like to leave a movie and be like, whoa, that's a thinker. With this Mm. movie, it's like, I ended it, and then I, like, immediately stopped thinking about it. See, for this movie, I'm like, you got me. You got me twice. (laughs) And that, I love that. Because Um, I like to, I like a movie to, like, understand how my mind works, and then skirt, skirt around it. That's interesting. I don't know, I'm like... I'm back and forth. I'm definitely in between liking it and not liking it. The sex was absolutely fucking vile, honestly. <laughs> it genuinely was. Um, and so for that reason, <laughs> I'm going to give it, you know what, I'm going to give it a six and a half. No halves. Pick one. There are no rules. <laughs> no halves. We can have together. Okay. Ha- okay, Carson gives it a six and a half. It's on the record. Yeah. But if you had to pick six or a seven. Ooh. Honestly, I'm leaning towards six. But I want, I like, I really want to really enjoy this movie. I, you know what? I'm going to give Don't it a pressured. I'm going to give it a seven. And then I'm going to rewatch it. And I'm going to re-rate it. I love that. It's a tentative seven. Tentative seven. I can't wait to watch Old Boy now. I think I'm gonna love it. I I absolutely love Old Boy. Wait, Movie oh. Maven's score yeah. is an eight. Follow us on Instagram at Movie Mavens. Follow us on Twitter at Movie Mavens Pod. Um, check us out on Spotify, on Stitcher, on iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Write and review us or rate and review <laughs> on iTunes um, so we can get on that new and noteworthy list. Yeah. Um, also, if we got anything wrong or you have any suggestions, email us at moviemavenspodcast at gmail.com. Suggestions 
uh, for life and for what would make a good double feature. Yeah. I- any of the things. Mm-hmm. Okay. See you next week. Okay. Movie Maven's out. You know what else I watched this weekend that I just remembered mm-hmm. just now? What? Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Was it good? Which one is that? The fourth one. Is that the best one? No, it's like the worst one. Oh. The fifth one is the best one, right? The third one is the best one. Oh, God, okay. God, I keep gonna... it straight. It's like there's nine movies or something. <laughs> there's eight. <laughs> See? Fuck. <laughs> God. We're going to have to do a marathon. That sounds like literal <laughs> torture. What do you mean? You brought it up in the in the intro. What did I say? You were like, we might watch all seven Harry Potter movies. Again, getting the number wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know what I was thinking about? Okay. This is what I was thinking about this very recently. Mm. Tell me if you agree. Okay. The final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Don't remind me was the single most disappointing piece of media I have ever consumed. Ever. Ever. I completely agree. I've never seen something crash and fall and burn so badly. Literally the most disappointing thing I have ever watched in my entire life. Yeah, ever. Literally ever. And this means a lot coming from me because I was clinging onto that season. I was giving it so much leeway and so much hope. I was like, you know what? It's not the it's not the best, but they're gonna pull through. I really believed it for a long time. Um, episode one is where it tanked for me, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, I have to finish this." God, it's so bad. It's painful. It's like painfully bad. I can't, I can't believe it. Still, I tried. He to was put a it Targaryen my... for no reason. She was <laughs> Arya <laughs> did many faces for no reason. Bran, Bran. Oh. Was the three-eyed raven for no reason. For no reason. And Hodor died because Theo, of that. Theo? Is that his name? Theon? Theon? Theon died for no reason. Yeah. Oh, the Night King existed for no... Oh, everything for was so literally no for no And then, like, the bodies in, like, in the first couple of seasons in the north, like, how yeah. the bodies were arranged, no reason. You know, this is such a minor nitpick, but it, like, keeps me up at night. Uh, the, what are they called? God, I put everything out of my mind with that show. And I've read all the books. Like, I've just deleted from my memory. Yeah. Um, what are they, what are the Danny's people called? The army people that uh, are Oh, yeah. Um, the. The Unsullied. Unsullied. Okay, so the Unsullied lock John up for killing their queen, right? And then the Unsullied peace out to go to the east. Yeah. Wise. And then John comes out of his uh, cage or whatever, and he he's like, "I have to go to the north because that's what I've been sentenced to by the Unsullied." And I'm like, "Nobody is making you go there." That was so weird to me. And I get that he probably just wanted to go to the north, but I'm like, "Just make, just also, make up the thing." Also, they boned for no reason. The show exists for no reason. Literally, and it was. So, there was dragons for no reason. (laughs) No reason. You know what's so sad to me? Everything. Is that not only was that 
one of the biggest disappointments in media. No, the biggest. It was the biggest. It's followed up by the, I think, the reality that I don't, that George Railroad Martin is not going to finish those books. No. He's super old. I'll never know. I'll never know what it was supposed to be. He claims he is, and if it happens, you know, more, I'll be super happy about that, but. See, but the thing is, he gave, you know what, let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. I want to talk about Goblet of Fire. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is your... <clears throat> What's your read on Harry Potter movies? What do you like them? Um, I saw them all for the first time like five years ago. Wow. S- yeah, five years ago, and um, I've watched one or two since then. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, not really my bag. Word. I read them growing up, and in kindergarten, I would get home from school every day. And I'd watch the first movie every day. And I would put a lightning bolt scar on my head every day when I was six years old. And then my mom went through a phase where she didn't want me reading them. Alabama, am I right? And so I would put them in book covers and still read them anyways. She's come around to them by now. She's fine. But, so, big big fan. Big fan. Yeah, I can tell. Gus has never read them. Gus, my boyfriend. And so we've been listening to the audiobooks. And we've been playing the Lego Harry Potter series, the video games, <laughs> just for fun, because they're good fun. And we just finished the fourth one, and we also su- simultaneously finished the fourth game. We weren't trying to do that, that just happened. So we rewatched the fourth movie, and that movie is pretty bad. Is that the one with the giant snake cave? No, that's the second one. Oh. The third one is the best movie, and I, I recommend us watch... Like, one, two, and three to get to three. Because the, the third movie is, like, incredible. Okay. Alfonso Cuaron, like, made, directed that movie. Like, that's the level. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, that movie's really silly. I don't know what else to say. It's, like, not bad. It just isn't the best one. I think it might be the second worst one after Chamber of Secrets, which is the snake one. Mm-hmm. My friend Jeremy pointed something funny out about that movie. He's like, the reason that movie, the second one, is the worst movie is because it's the longest movie of the entire franchise. Really? Think about how big those books get, right? Yeah. And it's the shortest book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. It's a fun fact. Wow. Now I feel like watching them. All right. Don't tempt me, Carson. (laughs) 